from the Mid-South Band Studio in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. We're coming back to you from the Mid-South Band Studios. That's right, Mid-South Vans, located in Hernando, Mississippi. Mid-South Vans has been in business for over five years. Uh, we're the only van rental company in DeSoto County at the corner of McCracken and Commerce in Hernando. They have 12 and 15 passenger vans available for any of your daily, weekly, or monthly needs. So if you have a business trip or church trip or even a personal trip, please reach out to the team at Mid-South Vans, 469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Wake up this morning. It's a, a good foggy morning. I am glad to be back here uh, talking with you. Wanted to look and touch on a couple of things. We had some, uh, a couple of things we mentioned on our Tuesday broadcast uh, was the, uh, one of the, the main things we talked about or said that we would talk about was the planning commission meeting from Hernando this week. Uh, it happened on Tuesday. And we thought we were going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, had a, a whole segment prepared for it and ended up being a whole lot of nothing. It looks like that uh, they tabled uh, both the uh, developer uh, on Memphis Street uh, with the small development. Uh, and then also, uh, of course, Madison Lakes development was also uh, tabled to until next month. We, don't, we, we weren't available to attend or able to attend the other night, Derek. For some reason, it got tabled, and we'll discuss it again uh, next month, hopefully uh, have more information for you there. It's funny, Derek, the people that have reached out to us regarding the uh, podcast, what they liked and didn't like on the show from Tuesday, a uh, majority of them said they liked the Planning Commission talk. They liked the uh, talk about autumn meetings and what's going on in Hernando like that. So that's a and it's very interesting that that was one of the uh, topics that they enjoyed listening about. It is. And, and there's, a, I guess, a little news. I was able to uh, talk with a couple people uh, and – uh, on the uh, the developer on Memphis Street, he's looking probably to put a couple of these uh, small houses uh, right there. Uh, and one of the things that he requ- asked for was a uh, change in the parking on Memphis Street. And so that's one of the reasons why it was tabled. And for Madison Lakes, uh, the planning commissioners uh, felt like they didn't have all the information necessary. And there was some that felt like they had some uh, information missing out of their packets. And so that's why they asked to have it tabled uh, until next month. So they'll bring it up again. I don't think uh, there was nothing that's going to be asked to be changed from what was going to be presented. It's just the fact that they didn't feel like they had all of the information or a couple of the uh, planning commissioners didn't have all of the information and wanted to have time to be able to review it and be able to, uh, you know, ask the intelligent questions uh, when it did come forward. I think it's the second Tuesday in September. It'll come back up. And so I do not expect it to be uh, obviously on the Alderman agenda for next week, but we will look to make sure that it's on there. And of course, our Tuesday show will uh, kind of preview that. Something else we talked about on Tuesday, Derek, we mentioned the start of school. Uh, we talked about uh, Magnolia Heights. Uh, this will be there uh, a week that they've been in school. They started last Friday. We talked about Sacred Heart in South Haven. They've been in school since last Friday. Uh, and then North Point, uh, where your kids attend, they were starting on Tuesday, the day of our first show. And um, so that's going well? It's going well. Uh, they, this is the yesterday. Of course, uh, Tuesday was a half day for them. Wednesday, as a, they have shortened Wednesdays anyway. They get out 30 minutes early on Wednesdays, uh, basically to allow all the sports practices to happen before church uh, that evening. Uh, and then uh, so Thursday, yesterday was the first full day. Uh, and then t- again today. So, so far, so good. Football, tri- uh, cross country, girls soccer, those type of sports are practicing and they're all in school. So we just keep your fingers crossed. Uh, you know, parents, if you're listening, please keep the mask on the children. Uh, that also goes, of course, for public schools that start on Monday. Please make sure they wear the mask. Uh, and so, so we can continue to send the kids to school, 
obviously those that choose to be online continue to you know to be virtual and uh, we do respect that decision but also the ones that if you want to keep your child in class and you know as i said you know mississippians i'm calling to you know get the child the, the children in the classrooms if you want that to happen please have them wear the mask and uh just so we're clear you are the hernando middle school cross-country coach correct yes I, yes I am that is, that is correct I have a great team about 16 17 runners and really looking forward to the season which I'm, I'm sure that uh, you will bring up and we want to talk about as we get closer to the start of the season which is the second week of September Tuesday we will be looking at uh, of course the start of the public schools and we'll be bringing you a lot more reaction uh, because you're kids will be in school and yeah. so we'll talk about that at that time that's right we'll have more information uh, monday's the first day of school so uh looking forward to that i know uh numerous parents my wife had something last night that where she was there with uh, a lot of uh, parents of kindergartners so it's a it's a bittersweet time right now for them uh like we talked about before uh or you and i've spoken about uh, not being able to go in with your kids on their first day has been a, a major part of our household for a long time with our other two kids so uh you know that's gonna be a tough time for her and a uh, tough time for a lot of parents all across the uh the county um but you know we understand uh we get it um and so it'll be a very new experience for all of us um but again wish the administrators the the, the teachers um everybody affiliated with um with the soda county schools uh this coming monday uh again we, we we lift you up we pray for you and we just uh hope that you have a wonderful school year and uh we hope that uh monday is a wonderful experience uh and i know that we can definitely be a beacon for um for the rest of the schools across the state uh to show how it's done so uh we, we wish y'all the best of luck couldn't agree more the podcast brought to you by The Print House, located at 2462 Church Street in Hernando. The Print House is your one-stop shop for printing services. Business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs. Whether it's a new logo or a marketing plan for your business, or a large order of t-shirts for your family reunion or church group, the ladies at The Print House can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105 or find them online at theprinthousems.com. That's 662-298-3105 or theprinthousems.com. Podcast also brought to you by Precision Services, also located here in Hernando. Whether you're a real estate flipper or a homeowner with simply too much in your yard, Precision can help. They specialize in residential or commercial renovations, with over 20 years of experience in the demolition, junk removal, and construction business, Precision is eager to bid on your next project. Give them a call at 662-469-4189. That's 662-469-4189. Mention you heard about them on the podcast and get 5% off your estimate instantly. Again, 662-469-4189. All right. Uh, since we didn't have the lot of the local discussion that we thought we may have today and again we will talk about it next month we want to look at something on the uh couple things on the state level that will affect the uh affect our local level uh, the first one being uh, on monday of this week the board that was put together uh, to look at the mississippi state flag that of course was you know repealed and and uh i guess um retired by the state uh, a month ago um they have put they we had 3,000 submissions. The state had sent in, and, and maybe some of y'all in the county had sent in 3,000 submissions for a new state flag. Uh, the committee that was uh, put together lowered that number down to 147. So there's now 147 options that they're looking for, 
And today, that same committee is meeting again. They cut it down to 147 on Monday. Today, they're meeting again to narrow it down to five. Uh, they'll take those five. I'm sure you'll see this weekend and maybe uh, throughout next week uh, what those five look like. You can kind of start making your opinion of those five. But don't get too attached to one or another because that same commission will then lower it down to one. They'll, limit, they'll go ahead and pick the one that they think best represents the state the first week of September. That flag will be put on the November ballot, uh, and we will be able to vote for that. So your thoughts on that, Matt? So when we were talking about it earlier, Derek, you mentioned that they're picking one flag, putting that flag on the, the ballot, and state approves that flag. Instead of putting two flags, I'd love to understand how, why don't we put two flags and you choose A and B and, and then whichever one wins, wins, versus putting that on, on the, the, the ballot. If it doesn't get 50% approval, if it doesn't get 50% approval, we go back to the drawing board. That's correct. Uh, so the way that it reads, uh, that's been reported both uh, in the Clarion Ledger and on ABC News down in Jackson, that the they will put the one on the ballot in November. If it gets 50% or more vote, that is our new state flag. Uh, if it is not, if it does not receive that support, they will actually find another design and then put it on the next available ballot. Again, I'd love to see or understand why we can't do two flags and vote. A or B or three flags, A, B, C, whatever it is, and uh, instead of going back to the drawing board and going further and further and further uh, down the uh, expense of doing this. Right. You know, there was a guy that actually snuck a flag in that had a mosquito. That was actually the mosquito. He put the mosquito with, you know, I think it had uh, In God We Trust underneath the mosquito. Uh, actually, it was done as a joke. I think it was. A, and it's, uh, it's in the 147 now. It, it, was, it was originally in the 147 until they realized, oh, wait a minute, this is, this is terrible. Why, why do we have a mosquito as our state insect on the flag? And so they did remove it and replace it with another one to get to the 147. Uh, so, but the guy came out, he was interviewed, and uh, basically was like a boatman in Yazoo City. Uh, and or Yazoo County, and yes, he uh, did it as a complete joke. He admitted it was a complete joke, but somehow it got past the committee to get into the original, uh, I guess, uh, cut, uh, but it has now been taken out. All right, and then one other thing I want to look at on the state level we wanted to look at was, I, I don't know, hopefully all the small businesses are aware that in the, in the, you know, there's been the federal program, the PPP program, which has been in place uh, since April. Uh, the forgiveness for that actually starts uh, either the end of this week, or which will be today, uh, but more than likely most banks will be rolling it out full force in the next week or so. Uh, so, B, if you do have that, I'm sure you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. And we can look to, uh, you know, that, that forgiveness will start next week. Uh, but the other thing is, is that Mississippi itself received $300 million uh, in federal CARES money uh, that was um, uh, given to us by the federal government. And so that was supposed to help also, you know, small businesses, you know, separately from the PPP program. And so, but however, a lot of that, um, of the $300 million, only $60 million has gone out. I think a lot of small businesses might not be aware of it or they might not understand how they do. Anyway, I think that, uh, so what they've done is uh, they have now made the rules easier. Uh, they, they are, of course, Congress is back meeting, the Mississippi Congress is back meeting. Uh, I want to read just real quickly. I don't want to misstep this, so I'm going to just kind of briefly summarize the three things that they're looking at doing to make this easier to apply. Uh, the first one is that uh, businesses eligible for the automatic payments of $2,000 has been broadened. So now bakeries, bars, music promoters, sports promoters, caterers, scenic sightseeing, and more, 
Y'all can all now uh, apply for the $2,000. Uh, the $1,500 base payment that was part of the Back to Business grant program, it was $1,500. Now it is $3,500. So that's another great thing that you can look at uh, trying to uh, obtain and to keep your business going. And the last thing was is that the businesses that received the automatic payment of $2,000 or if you had participated in the PPP, you were uh, not eligible uh, formally. Uh, they will now be allowed to apply for a grant through the Back to Business program. Again, if you had a PPP, you could not do it before. Now you're able to access uh, up to uh, the money in the Back to Business program. So please uh, contact the state uh, with that and, and go through the State Department, uh, excuse me, the, the Mississippi uh, Department, um, and look for the Back to, excuse me, Back to Business grant programs. Uh, and I hope that you know, if you did not know about this, this could be a lifeline for some of the businesses that are struggling right now. And these are grants. They're not, uh, they're not paid back loans from a bank or anything like that. These are grants from the state of Mississippi through federal money they receive. That is correct. They can get grants up to $25,000. 25000 or 2500 25000 Nice. Up to 25000 Now, Now, some of those like quick ones are 25000 as I said, but the twenty-five it can be up to 25000 which, again, you were, uh, if you had gotten the PPP before, you could not, and now you can. Okay. So the goal is to shoot for 24999 <laughs> to go. Well, I mean, again, it's a grant, so if you're qualified, it's not like you have to prove anything on the back end. Exactly. You'll be, you'll, you'll be given to you. Uh, something else we wanted to start doing, at least weekly, uh, on the podcast, on our on one of our two shows, uh, kind of discuss the uh, local things that we have going on, uh, whether it be through Hernando, South Haven, Olive Branch. Uh, the South Haven Chamber informed us uh, regarding their meeting coming up on August 19th. They will be having a virtual luncheon. Uh, on August 19th with the uh, with Baptist Hospital as the main sponsor. Keynote speaker will be Dr. Jake Lancaster uh, and CEO Brian Hogan of uh, the Baptist Soto Hospital. So they'll be talking about COVID uh, data, obviously, and uh, many other things uh, going on with Baptist Soto. So, again, that's a virtual luncheon with the South Haven Chamber on August 19th, coming up next week. Also, we want to discuss the parks. Parks and Recreation Department for Hernando. I know that's a very important part for uh, a lot of our listeners. The scavenger hunt, the, a lot of our listeners are involved in. I know some of our listeners have probably even won this before. End of registration is today. Today is the end of registration for the scavenger hunt, which is coming up on August 22nd from 830 to noon. So scavenger hunt on August 22nd from 830 to noon. Today is the last day to register. So registration is $35 per team. Registration is $35 per team. Yeah, and, and Matt, if you don't know, the the, uh, the winner of that gets $1,000. That's right. If the winning team will receive $1,000, it's based on uh, accuracy of questions that are asked to you, plus things that you have to go around the city uh, to try to find. So it's a, it's a, a pretty fun program. Uh, my family had participated in two years. We were, we were not one of the winners, uh, probably because I either didn't know my Hernando uh, history uh, or we just, you know, didn't know what in the world we were looking for. So, but uh, it's a great event, fun event. I think it's a wonderful thing that uh, Parks d- does. And again, a great way to uh, maybe make a little money. Uh, it may be worth your while for three and a half hours to earn $1,000. Yeah, it says here teams of two to five. That's two to five. So a new couple to Hernando can compete just as well as a family of five. All right, uh, a couple other things, the parks. Uh, obviously, the uh, fall registration is going on right now uh, at most of the city. Uh, soccer, you know, fall baseball, uh, fall softball for some of the, uh, the cities. Uh, and you also have maybe some adult programs, adult so- I know adult softball in Hernando. Uh, so, again, be looking for those. Uh, reach out to that. You can go to cityofhernando.org. 
cityofhernando.org. You can also Google uh, the City of South Haven Parks and Rec, uh, City of Olive Branch Parks and Rec, City of Horn Lake Parks and Rec. Uh, please look at those and go in there. Uh, just click on the Parks and Recs tab once you're in the city page. Uh, and then, of course, most of them have registration forms online. So please look for that. Uh, and then finally, again, uh, this is just a, a, a quick announcement uh, about this. And again, we'll talk about this as it gets closer. The Water Tower 10K, and this is not necessarily countywide. This is regionally wide. Uh, this is a Water Tower 10K that is held in Hernando. Uh, it will take place in person. Uh, there are not many races. In fact, this is the first DeSoto County race that I know of in person since late winter. And uh, I think in Shelby County, they only have, I think, one four-week 5K program up at Shelby Farm. So this is a uh, – they're trying to do this in person uh, as of right now. It's, it is two months away. And so um, – but that has started up. Again, uh, you, can wanna, you can go to, uh, you know, just Google the Water Tower 10K 2020 20. Uh, it is it is a raceroster.com is what that's the uh, the group that's putting it on. Of course, Gia Matheny uh, is leading that uh, for the city. Uh, it's a great fundraiser, and again, uh, all of the um, a fundraiser as I said, and the uh, most of the proceeds will go, uh, I believe, the Dolly Parton Foundation. Uh, so again, just look for that. Uh, we'll talk about it more as we get closer, but uh, just that's a, a a really good event, and uh, it will be exciting if they can have that in person. All right, Matt, uh, now let's turn to, we're going to look at sports. Uh, as we, I think we said on Tuesday, we're going to talk, uh, a lot of our Friday show is going to be, probably the, the last half of the show, we'll be looking specifically at local sports. Uh, we will, uh, as I said, we'll preview games each week, uh, and then we will, uh, on Tuesday, we'll kind of recap the games briefly, give you some stats. I hope to mention several of the listeners, family members' names on the air. We would love to do that. We have reached out to all the coaches. Uh, we are getting information in from the football coaches. Uh, and Matt and I, we looked at, you know, we talked about either doing the uh, girls' volleyball or girls' soccer uh, as the, the, the woman's sport to be able to uh, look at uh, on our podcast for this fall. Uh, we picked soccer. Uh, we do understand that soccer starts later in the fall and also that and the volleyball does start uh, you know, pretty soon. However, we are not familiar with uh, uh, volleyball in general. And so we did not want to talk unintelligently about the sport. And so if, if, I hope the listeners will uh, show us a little favor, show us a little kindness, and let us be able to kind of work our way into this uh, with the uh, soccer aspect of it for the, the female side. Uh, and then maybe next year we hope to be able to bring volleyball in when we have a little more time to get, make it one of our goals to uh, equate ourselves with the game. So, again, we'll be looking at that. Obviously, there's no games this week, uh, and so, but we do have our, our kind of our preview of our schedule. And Matt, you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, Magnolia Heights starts next week. Uh, they play Lee Academy at home next Friday night, August 21st. That'll be the first uh, live football game uh, in the area. And it seems like a lot of the uh, DeSoto County High Schools have jamborees on the 28th uh, with their first games coming up on September 4th. I uh, found out yesterday, visited with a Hernando High School football player, and uh, we talked a little bit about their schedule. And uh, they actually start the season with South Panola out of Batesville. So uh, that's not the easiest opening game. Um, so we look forward to visiting uh, more about that or talking about that. But uh, South Panola is uh, obviously one of the, the biggest powers in the area. Um, so look forward to the Tigers getting back on the field. But, again, it's going to be a tough uh, tough start for them. But most of all, Derek, just excited for these high school, the, these gentlemen, to, to get back to uh, to football, to get, get back to something normal and get back the opportunity to uh, go out there with their teammates and, and have fun and represent their schools. I think you and I would both agree that um, that's – 
something, some of our best memories in high school are from those days. And so we want to um, tell those young men, good luck. Uh, all the people involved on Friday nights, parents, the administrators, the teachers, bands. I know uh, the bands are a very um, important part of DeSoto County. Uh, we, pr- we probably have some of the best marching bands in the state uh, right here locally. Recognize them as well and, and tell them good luck for whatever part of their Friday night that they have. So, uh, Again, looking forward to Friday night discussions or discussions about Friday night football. Some neat ways that you and I are going to pick all the games uh, of the of the county uh, games. So uh, tune in to each podcast uh, each week, especially on Fridays. Uh, probably you possibly could hear your name, possibly could hear your uh, your coach uh, being interviewed. And if you're a parent, this may be an opportunity for you to uh, to hear your your son or daughter's name uh, mentioned. Um, which, again, we talked about on Tuesday. The amount of coverage out of Jackson is minimal, uh, if any, basically none. And then the Memphis news really only comes down uh, into DeSoto County uh, when something bad's going on. So we want to be a positive show, and we want to be a positive way for these kids to get their names heard, uh, get their sports heard, uh, and get you know shouts out to them. Agree. And, again, that all starts next week. And we will try to look, as, as I said, we are going to uh, interview coaches. We, want, we would like to have every coach on here uh, at least one a week throughout the season. Well, that will start. If it does not start next week before Magnolia Heights, we hope that it does. We hope we have somebody from the school to be able to talk to before the game. But if we don't, uh, there definitely will be starting the week of the 25th. Uh, we will have uh, look to have the North Point coach on before their first game since they're the first, uh, I guess, uh, real game, not Jamboree. First In DeSoto real game. County. Yes. In DeSoto County. Yes. Anyway, so look, we look forward to that. But since we don't have that to talk about this week, and again, I'm very excited about it next week, I do want to talk about a couple things that I guess uh, affect us, affect DeSoto Countyans maybe uh, to a certain degree, uh, the fact that the um, Big Ten and the Pac-12 have canceled their football season. Uh, now, you may say, well, and there may be a few of you out there, and if you are, God bless you. But, uh, you know, for the majority of us, you know, SEC fans, AAC fans, ACC fans, uh, and then, of course, the Big 12 fans, you know, we will, they will be playing football. And so a lot of that uh, is exciting. Uh, some schedules were released this week. Um, I know that uh, the Ole Miss schedule has been – I guess previewed. Uh, there's no exact dates and or times yet, uh, but it has been previewed, uh, and so that's exciting. Looks like we're starting out with Mississippi State, and we're ending with LSU. Kind of a, a obviously a, a flip of the schedule. You, uh, LSU used to be basically before the state game. Uh, now you're playing your you're playing Mississippi State first and LSU last with a again thus being both Ole Miss fans a great home schedule in the middle. Uh, but uh, we're just excited for that. Excited to talk about that. The season will start September 26th, uh, and so uh, you know, but wish that the whole country is playing. But at least you know around here we will have that to look forward to. I think one of the things that we're trying to do, Derek, at least that's what I heard, was the earlier games, the closer teams try and play each other. Uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss can obviously uh, bust to the game. Uh, those type of situations, you know, something two, two and a half hours away. Uh, and I could be completely wrong looking at other schedules. Maybe there's a lot of travel that I'm not looking at. But I did know that they were trying to put those two teams together to, uh, to, to for it to be an easier situation from a travel standpoint and a logistics standpoint. So, you know, you and I talk quite a bit off the air. Uh, we visit about the Big Ten. We visit about the Pac-12. I'm, I mean, the commissioner still from the from the Big 12, the ACC and the SEC. I mean, that's that's a lot of Southern states. That's uh, football down here is 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 a religion. Uh, football down here is um, a rite of passage for a lot of high school young men, and um, it's really a huge part of our 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 fall. And I like that the administrators are slowing down. The administrators are taking a data-based approach on, on, on their decisions. Nick Saban came out this week and, and talked about the, the care that his athletes are given. Uh, he mentioned that he could, they could test their athletes every day should they ask for it. 
Right now, I think they're testing three times a week, but they they could ask for a test every day if, if that's what they wanted. And so you're not going to get that on a college campus. Uh, Startville and Oxford right now, people are getting back to town. Startville and Oxford right now, people are going out, period. They're going out. The, the guys are looking for the girls that they talked to in March. I mean, they're, they're making sure they're back on campus and saying hello. And so they're going to, with fraternities and sororities and all that kind of stuff. They're going to be college kids. And the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are allowing kids to come back to campus. I read last night that the Big Ten is having intramurals. The Big I Ten, I, yeah. the Big Ten is allowing intramurals, so the so the fraternity guys can can go play flag football and do that on campus. But the young men that have worked since June 9th, the young men that have have worked on their bodies and their skills to be put on the field, they can't play. But we can have intramurals and co-ed kickball. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, that's, that's that's those are you know different parts of the country, and you know they they said they're looking at their medical data, and I'm you know I'm not going to dispute. I'm not in any way. My my brother may be, but I'm not in any way a doctor, uh, and therefore I will you know I won't look at broaching that subject. But it is interesting. I did hear that you know for Mississippi State, I think a lot, I think all their classes are virtual right now, but the 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 kids had to move or the the students had to move. Uh, either into town or on campus, so they could go through Rush. So again, um, you know, they're doing Rush. I think Rush is virtual, though. Rush is virtual, but they had to be on campus to do it. Couldn't do it here, uh, and so it's just you know, so they're they're there, um, and you know, and so I know that's that's a, a school that's also playing football, uh, but it's just it some of the decisions that are being made, you know, again, to each its comfort zone. Uh, but um, we do look forward to football. Uh, we are glad that we're starting to talk about it. Look very forward to start previewing the first game next week, uh, and then also to um, look to you know carry that on throughout. And so I hope again, coaches, if you're listening to this, uh, local coaches, both girls soccer and football, if you would please, please, please uh, reach out to us. Uh, I, we have emailed uh, all the principal uh, and the coaches, uh, some and actually some of the uh, SID or athletic directors too. Uh, just please get us the information again. Information's in the email that we're looking for, but we would love to be able to talk about uh, to give stats to give highlights and for you to interact with us each week to you know to send us the information just a quick summary a quick box score if you will uh, of the game and we really look forward to just bringing that to uh, everybody in DeSoto County each week. I'd like to know what virtual rush is like if you can please email us what virtual rush is like I would like to know I cannot imagine going through rush and and having virtual rush I mean does is that a zoom call are you on it privately with other people are you on it with other rushies uh, is it in your dorm room I mean I, I I'd like to know what virtual rush looks like and are you allowed if you're is the fraternity allowed a certain number of take backs from from when they actually give out the bids are they able to take some back maybe five take backs the guy kind of maybe he's better on a zoom call than than in person I don't really know but I'd love to know what zoom call or zoom rush look like and don't forget our um podcast our email is under the water tower info at gmail.com that's under the water tower info at gmail.com for all those coaches and people that might want to reach out to us about their team you know Derek, you and i talked again off the air we um we discussed uh, some different things, different opportunities for people, our listeners, to get to know us. I think a lot of our listeners that uh, of the po- the initial podcast, reaching out to friends, family, people we know locally to tell us, hey, something new we're doing, take a listen to it, uh, already know a lot about us. Um, so I wanted to do something where we can, our listeners can start to, uh, as we grow and the podcast grows and maybe we grow into the South Haven, Olive Branch area, people start to know more about us. And so uh, I work with our church youth group on Wednesday nights and some of the best times we've had on those Wednesday nights is when I do something 
something called 10 questions where I bring up first the seniors, then we work our way to juniors, sophomores throughout the school year to where some of the younger people can kind of get to know those people. So I, that's always been a very well-received uh, time of our youth groups, the quietest the kids are each each and every Wednesday night. So I kind of want to do that with us this morning, if you would allow me to. Um, okay. You, you have not seen these questions. I've not seen them. not seen these questions. Okay, so we're going to do five simple questions. First, I'm assuming I'm, I can just yeah, – we're, we're, I mean, same yeah, questions fine. for each that's other. That's fine. I'll, I'll answer the question – I'll answer my own question after you've answered yours, okay? Got it. All right, so uh, same way I started off with those kids. Full name. My full name is Frederick Noland Biglane Jr. Is that Noland with a D? or That's Noland with a D. Um, that is uh, my grandfather's name. I uh, was Nolan Biglane. Uh, I'm actually, I'm a junior, so uh, my dad was actually Frederick Nolan Biglane. So that's, um, that, yes, it does sound like, you know, some kind of. But always going by Derek. Always going by Derek. Uh, Frederick, you just take out the F-R-E, and, and that's my name. Gotcha. My full name is Matthew Wilson Crane. That is a family name, uh, Matthew Wilson Crane. Uh, where were you born? I was born in Natchez, Mississippi, uh, and uh, born and raised, and my parents are still there. Very proud of the fact. Absolutely. Uh, I was born in Franklinton, Louisiana, just about 65 miles north of New Orleans. Again, my parents are still there. My, my mom is still there, and my dad passed away several years ago. But, uh, you know, born and raised by that small town, and that definitely shaped me tremendously. Tell me about any siblings you have. Okay, I have two siblings. Uh, I have my sister, Rebecca. Uh, she is uh, she lives in Dallas, Texas. She's got a great family, married, two kids. And I've got a brother, Barr. Uh, he uh, lives and works in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, he's married and has a, a little boy uh, who's two. So just a, uh, they were, were pretty close. Uh, I'm the oldest. Rebecca uh, is the middle. And then Barr uh, is the youngest. And we just uh, we're actually my parents' 50th anniversary is tomorrow. Wow. And so we will be doing a Zoom call. Happy my, anniversary. Happy anniversary to mom your, your mom listens, right? Oh, she listens. Yeah, she, I had to show her how to – actually, my sister had to show her what a and, and what a podcast is. And uh, I'm pretty sure that the first podcast she heard was ours. So um, that means that she has probably heard something on the lower end of the podcast level. Uh, anything else may blow her mind. But uh, I told her we would be working to get to – if she did start to look and listen to other ones, that she could be, you know, proud. Of course, she already is proud. I mean, I could have spoke for 30 seconds and – you know, just said the ABCs that she'd have been proud. But, you know, so, but uh, it is their anniversary, so we're all going to call in tomorrow. Well, yeah, and I've, I know your family. Uh, obviously, I, I know your parents. Uh, happy anniversary to you guys, and we just, uh, what, what an amazing 50 years. Wow, seems probably just like yesterday. Uh, I have two siblings myself, older sister named Susan. She lives in Mandeville, Louisiana. She's a teacher. And then I have an older brother named Rob. He took over, or he runs our, our family business back in uh, Frank, Franklinton, Louisiana, which is uh, in the funeral business. So he he manages Crane Funeral Home in Franklinton, Louisiana. May try and have him on one day. I know uh, a funeral direction and all that kind of stuff is something that's uh, you know interesting to learn about or hear about. So that may be something. Uh, your brother is uh, in cardiac uh, surgery, so he's a, uh, he's a cardiologist. So cardiologist. We'd love to have him on sometime once we talk about you know different things, any kind of medical issues. Now he he's not going to talk about the virus, uh, and so we, we're you know he's a cardiologist. But as as we you know different health things come up, but we may have him on you know about some heart health. Uh, you know, advice and tips that he can give. So we look to do that sometime in the future. And uh, probably bring him on sometime, talk about some Saints football. Huge Saints uh, fan. Absolutely. Huge yeah. Saints fan. Huge Saints fan. Who that bar. Uh, next question. When did you move to DeSoto County? Then when did you move to Hernando? Moved to DeSoto County. Uh, I believe it was July of 2000. So been in DeSoto County in for 20 years, almost half my life. And then uh, moved to Hernando in 2004. So been here for 16 years. Again, born and raised in Natchez. And so we were looking for just a kind of a smaller town home. Lisa had moved here, my wife, in 1990. Graduated from Hernando High School, CO94. And so... Um, 
you know, we just, this felt like home to me. And so I moved here in 04, have never regretted a day of it. Uh, and just, uh, again, it feels like home. So I'm just proud and happy to be here. Uh, same here. Uh, moved to DeSoto County June of 2001, uh, then moved to Hernando 2005. So been here 15 years. Um, and again, same thing as you, Derek. We wanted to be closer to family and closer to Ole Miss football, that type stuff. So uh, moved move closer and then uh, moved to Hernando, been here for 15 years. And, and Derek, you and I have been involved with a number of things for our, our church uh, to a, a local men's group that we'll talk more about uh, that you and I were part of starting. And, and it's just been a, a fun place to, to our kids to grow up uh, together. It's been a, a fun place for us to to have friends and fellowship in Hernando so again we have a wonderful small town a wonderful uh, town that that we both choose to be a part of so uh, shout out to Hernando for sure last question it's a deep one what advice would the 45 year old you give the 15 year old you starting school Started school. Wow. I'm off the pause here just for a second. So if it may be a 30 second edited pause here. I think that a couple things. I think the first thing I would say is that the opinion that people have of you right now will last probably as long as this podcast does today. Um, that yes, you may be, you know, worried about your looks, you're worried about, you know, what you have on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you know, that's not, nobody's going to remember unless you have something or unless there's an extremely funny event, you're not going to remember it in 30 years. You're probably not going to remember it even in the next year. And so not to take all that stuff so seriously, not to take yourself so seriously, uh, that would probably be my first advice. And the other advice is to be, is to find out earlier on what you're good at, not necessarily, not athletic wise, but you know, an interest, what are your interests and follow those interests. Um, not to, you know, not do what people think or you think that they expect you to do, but to follow what you're interested in, whether or not you think it's going to make you money to, to, to love it, to do and find something that you love and to stick with it. Uh, I think those would be the two things because, you know, again, that's what, you know, if, if you do it right, you'll be doing it the rest of your life. And I know everybody's heard this before, but, you know, when you love your work, it doesn't feel like work. Uh, and so that would be the probably the two things I say. Sounds good. And uh, for me, I'm I'm 41. So same question for me. What what advice would the 41 year old you give the 11 year old you starting school? Uh, I'd probably um, we don't have to go into what I look like at 11 years old, but I'd probably go into uh, uh, I'd, I'd probably give me advice at 11 uh, more healthy choices. I was a <laughs> I was a bit of a um, let's just say a juicier kid. And uh, I would probably say uh, make better health choices. You were swole. I was swole. Yeah, exactly. I was swole. I, I definitely had a, a lot of baby fat and had not quite hit that, uh, you know, haven't shot, hadn't shot up. I, I did that in eighth grade. So um, anyway, so um, look, and we're probably going to do these kind of things so you guys can get to know Derek and myself uh, more. Uh, we're going to talk more about our family uh, coming up, uh, you know, in future podcasts. Uh, this is hopefully just the beginning. Uh, this is our second show. Uh, we hope to be celebrating show 102 uh, a long time from now or 202. So uh, that's we're definitely going to continue to have some questions like this so Derek and I can bring you guys into behind the curtain on who we are and why we're doing some of the things that we're doing. Look us up on Facebook. Our Facebook page is UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Facebook. Uh, in order to find that, just simply go at Under the Water Tower Podcast. So if you go at Under the Water, if you start typing that, the UTW Podcast is going to pull up. Look for us on Instagram at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Instagram. And on Twitter at UTW Pod. And probably the most important thing for us, wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether it be Apple, whether it be Spotify, et cetera, 
please go to there, go go to those places and subscribe to our podcast. That way you get it each and every week, you know, exactly when we put a show, a show out because it, it notifies you on your phone. And it really helps us in order to go and, and, and talk to advertisers, talk to people that are wanting to do some business with the Under the Water Tower podcast on what, what they would be getting uh, for their advertising uh, packages and so forth. So we thank you so much for the support that you've given us. We've, re- we've received several emails about what they enjoyed about the show. Uh, no hate mail yet, um, but I look forward to that when that's coming um so again thank you so much for uh, joining us on the podcast i'm matt and i'm derek please join us next time under the water tower this is where we dropped off a pretty little girl